Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare tri-term medical plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare tri-term medical plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Welcome to Not Without My Sister, where today I, Rosemary McCabe, and my sister Beatrice McCabe are taking a trip back to the 1940s where we will visit the rules of etiquette, how to be a good wife in 1940. Where also my children will be surprised to hear I was not yet born. Do you feel in general like you have good manners? Uh, yeah, I mean, when in public, when when not fully alone. I mean, when alone, every now and then I might do a very dainty, mild, ladylike burp. What does ladylike even mean? Like, so stupid. Where's the term manlike? I mean, manlike means, as usual, yeah. you know, powerful, sexy, roar. Oh, but I also think that, like, we just assume that the default is kind of men. You know what I mean? Like, so like ladylike is different to the norm. It's ladylike. Yeah, but it's the expectation for all women. Whereas we don't say gentlemanlike even. It's not even a, you know, it's not really a, but it's not a term that you bandy around no. as, with such frequency. No, no, no. I'm, I'm, I'm thinking about like, you know, oh, what a gentleman versus like somebody who opens the door and stuff. Yeah. We don't even really, there's no expectation of that anymore, I don't think. I think the expectation is there for everybody to open the door for somebody else who looks like they might need it. Yeah. Regardless of gender, you know what I mean? I agree, but also... I mean, I'd love if somebody laid their coat in a puddle for me, man or woman. I would love that. I went to college with a guy who I noticed, I mean, after I only knew him about two weeks, we were walking along and I went, why are you, what are you doing? And he was like, oh, my dad always told me that a man should walk on the outside of the path. And he always, and then if you cross the road, he would switch sides to mm. be closer to the road. To get splashed or killed. So this is what I thought. But then I realised when I looked into it further, that it was because in Victorian times, people used to empty their... Oh, slop buckets. Bedpans. Slop buckets. Is that what they're called? Mm-hmm. Their bedpans out the window. And they would land on the outside of the path. So a gentleman who would be wearing a top hat was meant to stand on the outside to take the 
Can you imagine, imagine somebody emptying their bedpan onto your head? More importantly, I was more going, I'm, I'm, I'm further down the road than you now. Can you imagine inviting Mr. Darcy in with his hat stinking a slop? I think manners are more important to you, though, than they are to me. At least, like, elbows on the table. I don't care about no, that no, in my house. I, I think that manners are important to you, too. But I think, like, some of these rules, maybe you don't find, you don't follow them, right? But, like, yeah. manners more, somebody being polite, somebody having nice manners are important. Like, you wouldn't like to sit at the table with somebody with their knives and forks all wonky and, like, chewing their mouths with their mouths open, etc. Would you? I hate watching people stab their food with their knives and, like, pull their food apart with a knife and fork. Oh, that actually drives, goes between me and my sleep with the boys. And I'm always oh. going, no, no, the fork is for holding the food and the knife is for cutting the food. It's not about tearing, it's about but cutting this grip, don't. this grip, what's this grip even called? Like, the murder grip, where, like, you hold the outside of the utensils, you know? Not, like, where you're supposed to have your hands. I was trying to explain it to the kids, but it is hard to explain why, why our manner is important. Why yeah, I mean, important. I suppose that's when we come back to elbows on the table. That's one that I'm like, that's not important. I don't care if they put their elbows on the table while they're eating. I do care if they put their heads on the table or they, you know, I'm always telling William to sit up straight, especially when he's finished eating. He has a tendency to then immediately want to leave the table. Or if you say, no, you can't leave the table, he'll like fold himself down in his arms or, and that's just like drives me mad. Even though I, why? Well, I mean, I've, I've, so table manners are one thing, right? And I think that they're pretty obvious. We have to deal with them every day and you have to look at somebody's washing machine mouth, right? Which is gross. But, what about like people opening doors for you? Have you ever dated somebody or does Brandon open the car door for you? Oh, no. I mean, you like that. It's never occurred to me to want that or not want that. Like, I don't expect him to come around my side and open my door before he opens his door. If you know what I mean, I, I mean, it's I, weird. I always took pretty strong umbrage to the idea of like having to have had the door held open for me unless I was carrying a stack of books or something, you know. Or the car Why door. is it always a stack of books with you? It can never just be like, unless I'm holding a lot of bags, unless I'm holding a stack of books and it's my glasses are, are about to fall off my head. It's a rom-com. Little town, such a quiet village. <laughs> anyway, I'd, um, I used to think that was really like, what well, you know, I can do it fine for myself. Now I'm like, I'm wrecked. I'm absolutely wrecked. Please open my car door. I'd love to have it open for me and ready. Please turn on my heated seat for me. It'd be lovely. Please light the fire and put on the kettle before I come home. Oh God, it'd be great. I'd actually love to have a housemaid at home just like prepping these things, turning down my bed and putting a hot, what, what a hot stone in my bed before I get to bed. <laughs> Do you not have an electric blanket? No. Oh, I have one. We don't actually use it anymore because the two of us are roasting all the time. You're Maybe always give it roasting. To you. Why would I need one? You just said you'd like your bed to be warm before you get into it. That is what an electric blanket does. <laughs> I get into the hot bath. That I would like my maidservant. I would actually, that's one thing. I hate running a bath for myself. I don't mind doing it for other people, but if I'm having a bath, it ruins it if I have to run it myself. Well, a friend of mine's husband runs the bath for her. And then allegedly, allegedly, I haven't seen it. I haven't seen this in action because I'm clearly not there for their bath time. But then allegedly Lifts peppers. Her out of the bath and dries her. No, for God's sake. But that'd be amazing. Peppers the entire room with candles. I'm like, what the hell? How come nobody's ever done that for me? Like when I light the candle, the only comment I ever get, I mean, I have to light it for myself. And then I get, don't forget to blow that out. That's a fire hazard. <laughs> and that's usually from mom. <laughs> I'm going to title this episode, when I light a candle, I have to light it for myself. <laughs> Outrage. Light a, light, a, light a personal candle. I would still like though, do you remember I told you I went to that therapist who told me that the one thing that her husband does for every week is he fills her car with gas every Sunday. I would like Brandon to go and take my car and do that every Sunday. That would be... Very nice. I don't know. I mean, that doesn't bother me. Like pulling over to the petrol station and filling up the car. Grant. In the winter here, it's awful as well. 
least of my worries. I would like my dinner prepared. I'd love if somebody had my slippers. Do you know what I love doing for the boys having their PJs hung up beside the fire? I'd love if somebody hung my PJs up beside the fireplace and then was like, jump into these <laughs> and held my massive pants while I jumped into them. I'd love I it. I would. That's something we should do for Instagram Reels. <laughs> I would love to see you jump into a pair of pants. <laughs> no, like I don't jump into them like one leg at a time. Have you seen those videos with like fitness dudes basically they get their friends to hold their pants oh. and they do a box jump no, all Rosemary. the way up into their I'd love to see I'd pay pr- good money I tell you what if, <laughs> if you would attempt that for Instagram I'll run your bath for you for the rest of your Rosemary, life Rosemary I can't even jump onto somebody's back I cannot get myself I cannot propel myself that high in the air You're so right. forget it box jump you're having a laugh what about the time I jumped on the trampoline and I got my knees up and I was like so proud oh, of yeah, myself you got a fright then and then I couldn't get them down quickly enough before I went down I fell on my side <laughs> I couldn't do that <laughs> Okay, tell me what happened in the 40s. Well, I'll tell you, housewives in the 40s were not jumping on trampolines. That would have been considered very uncouth. Yeah, very uncouth. Okay. And I am nothing if not couth. According to Vogue's Book of Etiquette, published in 1948, wives should defer to one's husband as head of the house at all times. But does that just mean that like, okay, we acknowledge you're head of the house, like we give you that title on the tax return and then I get to do whatever I want or do I actually have to take your opinions into consideration? Well... So it says that you should let one's husband take the lead on deciding when to leave a party, for example. And that you should never place your husband in a subordinate position, which is most unbecoming to a man. So okay. basically, let him make all the decisions. Like This is very reminiscent of the episode when we talked about trad wives, because that's a lot of what they talk about is how what's important to them is looking after the family, cooking, looking after the children, you know, being pretty for their husbands, and that they defer to them as head of the household and in terms of financial decisions, business decisions, what they do, where they go, you know, where their kids go to school, all that kind of stuff. But Rosemary, doesn't that also assume, like there's an assumption built in there that the husband wants to make all these decisions. Like I think I'd be, like, do, do most women not have to run around or like not even women, like in relationships, do a lot of people not run around after the other person? Like you wouldn't just be, who is this individual who's just declare, declaratively saying, this is what we should do. Let's go. Let's leave. Here's where the kids should go to school. I feel like that's not, they're not the conversations I have in my life. No, you know? I mean, I don't know who that person is, but I wish I had married him because honestly, it sounds very relaxing. I don't disagree. I mean, I would like a lot of decisions to be taken out of my hands. Yeah, there is something very freeing about not having to make decisions. But, you know, in terms of making the financial decisions and looking after the bank accounts, I also think as a woman in the 40s and now, it's wise to have at le- at the very least access to the bank accounts. Yeah, but you know what else? Like, I mean, the thing is, I'd only like these decisions made for me as long as they were the decisions I wanted made for me. Like, attempt to make a decision that I would like to make and you're dead. Oh, Beatrice, we know. Well, what I mean, I was thinking, I was talking about this with somebody the other day, um, with, a, with a business, a person that I know, like, uh, who's, who works in business and they were talking about, like, a lot of change happening. And I said, oh, God, I love change. And then I was like, well, actually, I should say, I should, like clarify I realize that I love the change that I implement versus the change that is foisted upon me therefore maybe I don't love change you like to implement change you like to be a change maker yes not not a a change endurer not yes (laughs) good one (laughs) okay so next up it says there should be one servant wait so that's a no right so point one I'm giving that a thumbs down I'm giving that a thumbs down sorry like I wouldn't like that if it was obligatory I probably wouldn't either, but I will admit that a lot of the time I ask Brandon to decide things just because I don't want to. But that's different. 
you give him you you give him the authority versus him having the authority that's true and I also have ultimate veto yeah okay so So, thumbs down to number one so no next there should be one servant for every two dinner guests the anonymous countess who authored the 1870 the anonymous countess who authored the 1870 etiquette book mixing in society a complete manual of manners declares it's impossible to overestimate the importance of dinners She goes on to detail the many aspects of planning and hosting a dinner party, in addition to having an equal number of ladies and gentlemen at a dinner, and never 13 out of respect for superstitious guests. I mean, that goes without saying, because if you had 13, you wouldn't have an even number. Anyway, the host should... You need an even number at dinner. It says you have to have an equal number of ladies and gentlemen. Oh, if you had an equal number of ladies and gentlemen, you could never have an odd number, is what I'm saying. Oh, got it. Right? Sorry, sorry. Thick. The hostess should make sure to have one servant to every two guests, or at least one to every three. Do my children count as servants? Your children, no. Your children, <laughs> I have to say when I go, hey, can you take this plate and put it in the sink? <sighs> I mean, my children as well. No, the no, children you are no good. Make, you don't serving. need to make me feel better. Why do I have to do it? Has Chance done it? I'm not doing it. <laughs> <laughs> Ours are obsessed with, we frequently get them to empty the dishwasher together and they'll immediately bagsy whether they want to do the top or the bottom. They always want to do the top because there's no silverware and they think it's easier. And also they can't reach where the mugs go most of the time. So that just means we have to do it. They take them out of the dishwasher, put them on the counter or we put them up. And the amount of times they're like, he did the top the last time. He did, he hasn't done the silver. We're just like, oh. I could the, op- the dishwasher could be emptied by now. They're the opposite of mom. She says to me, I was doing the dishwasher for like the 18th time one of the days recently. And she goes, I'll help you with that. And I said, it's grandma. I got it. Thanks very much. She goes, no, no. You told me once, this is like when you're up, you're up. You told me once, let's just do the dishwasher. We'll get it done, no problem. When there's two of us, we get it done in record time. We won't even feel it. I was like, did I? Doesn't sound like you. Doesn't sound like me, but she insists it was me. And she I was so impressed. Been me. No. And she was hey, so, no. How do you know it wasn't me? Because I remembered the exact time and place afterwards. I was like, oh yeah, mom, that was me. <laughs> <laughs> okay, back to the servants though. Mm-hmm. I actually think this makes sense because if you have a dinner party and there are six of you eating dinner, I do think you need two adults. So like, obviously I've never had any servants, but if I'm having a dinner with six people, Brandon needs to be helping. Do you know what I mean? Is in, or I need to be helping him if he's cooking. There can't just be one person. It's too much. Do you know what Serving I mean? Serving the food and cleaning Serving up. Serving and cleaning up and doing yeah. everything. Like you both need to be kind of tag teaming. And then if you'd any more than six... That just, it gets a bit hard, I think. You frequently have about 20 people in your house. But sorry, like, whose spouse or partner is just sitting at the table while you're cooking and serving everything? I'd say a lot of people. Yeah, no way. That person needs to be on their feet while you're on your feet, making sure that everything is done. And then, but I'll tell you what I do hate. And I do it now when you're there because, like, there are 20 people and I need to do about eight rounds of dishwasher. But do not start washing up and cleaning up while your guests are there. That is very uncouth. I agree, but not if you have a separate kitchen with a door. Then you can do whatever you want. No, because you're supposed to be out chatting. Like your guests are only there for three hours. The, the, what, the, the dishes will wait. Yeah, but say, for example, if you're in the kitchen whipping up the custard to go with the dessert. This is That's like my fine. dream dinner party. That's fine. You can be washing up while you're waiting for the custard of, to do. You know what I mean? Well, I mean, you, you can, can be doing whatever. It, yeah, as long as you're in there like actually preparing something. But not if you go in, as I've seen people do after parties, just go in, close the door and be gone for 45 minutes. It's like... 
your life's like not it's not that urgent these dishes are not going to just evaporate if you don't clean them now they'll you can clean them later when everybody goes home and how often do you have a dinner party like just relax Very chill rarely. out socialize I'm you know? wondering I, I mean I probably do that when we've had kids parties and stuff I'll then start because I just get very hassled towards the end of things like that where I'm like oh god like we're going to be doing this for ages do you know what I mean yeah but like obviously you know it it depends on the size of your kitchen what's going on etc but I mean it's not important do you know what I mean mm. no dirty dishes never killed anybody like I don't want anybody to write in or tell us now that dirty dishes actually did kill somebody in you know whatever but just, they never did. And they're harm, harmless and just enjoy yourself. It's about being in the moment. I feel like a lot of people want, like, when everybody's gone, they want to be like, oh, great, the house is pristine. I mean, of course, that's a great feeling. But, like, the whole purpose, then don't bother having anybody over. If you want a pristine house, keep your house pristine. Don't have anyone over. Because, like, what's the point of having them over just to do all the washing up while they're there? You're very harsh. Maybe you should write a modern etiquette book, genuinely. Maybe that's where the servants come in handy, Rex. The servants could be doing the washing and then we wouldn't have any of these problems. Oh yeah, well that'd like that's great. obviously the whole point is that yeah, the servants will be doing everything and all you're doing is entertaining and enjoying. So maybe the answer is actually bring over some family members and friends. Maybe the next time I have a dinner party, you and Brandon are welcome to come and be my servants. Maybe next time you have a dinner party, you should hire caterers. Absolutely not. Am I made of money? Don't even have a job. Well, not yet. Maybe I just need to train the children better. I mean, that's true, but not just about dinners. <laughs> a man was expected to choose his riding companion's horse. Slightly less relevant to us nowadays. Cars. I mean, I have to say, I don't know anything about cars. So I just go in and I'm like, what's the best value, most like function? I'd like a Jeep, but that's irrelevant. Would you like a Jeep? Yeah, I'd love one. Why? I just love them. Oh, but I um, about you. Yeah, but um, I don't think my partner would know anything more about cars than I do. I mean, not a lot more. So do you think that, do you think that a lot of people, I think people pick their own cars, do they? I think people pick their own cars, although I did say to Brandon, when I go, next time I go to get a car, he's coming with me because, I don't, I mean, he, I mean, he knows more than I do about cars. What I know about cars is zero, and what he knows about cars is like 0.1%. Does you know he know I mean? more than you, or does he just believe himself to know more than you? Both things can be true at the one time. <laughs> he definitely believes himself to know a lot more than me, but he does know a little bit more than me, just in terms of like, he has fixed his own cars and stuff. You know what I mean? So he knows some things, but I would bring him with me because I still think when buying a car, when having a car fixed, I mean, probably there's a lot of other things you can add into this, like when having a plumber over or when having your hearth fixed or whatever. I think a lot, obviously not all, I think a lot of people in those professions think that women have no clue and take advantage of that. And I'm always convinced that like, if I go in to buy a car, that they're going to quote me higher or you know what I mean? That they just don't take me as seriously as a man. Maybe that's your own insecurity, though. Do you not think that's true? Sometimes. I think it depends on the person. I mean, I'm sure it is true in in some cases because, like, that is the way of the world. But, Mm. I mean, I also think there's, like, a lot that we do to feed into that, too. Like, do you go in and very confidently ask for things or do you go in and say, sorry, I'm just not really sure what I'm looking for. Um, You know, could you give us a hand here? Versus Brandon or Dad would go in and say, McCabe here. Yeah, well, like, do I go into things with the confidence of men? Mm. No. Yeah, because I don't have that in my wheelhouse to harness. Well, I mean, you could pretend. It's called acting. I've seen me acting. Yeah, you're I'm really good. Very bad. Very, very good. Very, What very, does it say about why, why, why must a man pick his partner's steed? Well, it says basically, uh, American etiquette and rules of politeness outlines the rules for men going horseback riding with a woman, noting that the gentleman should be very careful in selecting her horse and should procure one that she can easily manage. He He's also... A, 
He is also admonished to, quote, trust nothing to the stablemen without personal examination and to be constantly on the lookout for anything that might frighten the lady's horse. Oh, sounds nice. So basically, like, delicate, poor lady has to be put on a delicate little horse and looked out for the whole Well, time. and also man should not look out for only himself, should consider people around him. But the don't trust the stablemen thing seems mean, because I'm like, who knows more about the horses than the stablemen? But and maybe women. the stableman hates these obnoxious toffs. I mean, who would blame them? Mm. Okay, here we go. The most important rule for children, obedience. Oh, wait, we forgot to give votes to. Number one was a vote down. Number two, what was number two? Two servants, that was a thumbs up. Pick the steed, thumbs down. We're two to one right now. Okay. The most important rule for children is obedience. In 1922, Emily Post published her first book of good manners, Etiquette in Society, in Business, in Politics, and at Home. And it offered more than 600 pages snore of rules and standards. (laughs) Jesus. No young human being, any more than a young dog, has the least claim to attractiveness unless it is trained to manners and obedience, Post states in the chapter, The Kindergarten of Etiquette. Jesus. In addition to learning how to properly use a fork and knife and remaining quiet while adults are speaking, a child should be taken away, quote, the instant it becomes disobedient, directs Post. It? The I, young human being? Like, this is like not, this is very uh, impersonal. By teaching a child that it can't, quote, stay with mother unless it is well behaved, she writes, it learns self-control in babyhood. Well, sorry, lads, that ship has sailed. <laughs> But also there's so much research now that tells you that like babies are not capable of learning things below a certain age. Do you know what I mean? They don't understand like, oh, I was making noise while mummy and daddy were entertaining. I shouldn't do that again. Do you yeah, know what but I mean? I mean, in my case, we're talking about ages 12 and five. Oh yeah, listen, and mine too. But like, I don't think the most important rule for children is obedience, really. Like, do no, I think actually, the most important think, thing for children to be is obedience? Well, actually, no, no I, think that, I think that that has uh, caused many problems of its own. You know, this mm-hmm. blind obedience. I mean, obedience within, actually, Bo objects to the word obedience. And every time I oh. use do not use that word, mom, I find it offensive. Why? Yeah, he just, I think it makes him feel like, I don't know, something, you know, like less than or something. Oh. Um, I think that, like, I try to say to the kids, you know, obviously there are rules where you, when you go to school, there are rules you have to follow, etc. But just because an adult tells you something doesn't mean you have to do it. And I think that that has, you know, not gone well for decades, centuries mm-hmm. of, of the world's kids, you know, yeah. in Magdalene laundries, in Christian Brothers schools, in schools in general, in the, yeah. in, in the church, you know, yeah. it has not been a recipe for success. On the other hand, like, I've said to them, you can't defy people and you can't outwardly challenge it in a rude way, but you can say, I really, I'm not sure about this. I'd have to talk to my mom. You know, I have to talk to my mom and dad. I have gone to great lengths to tell the boys that they never need to help an adult, like a strange adult they don't know. And it's just this concept that I feel like they just are not getting into their heads. And I'm like, if an adult stops and says, hey, can you come and help me with this? Because they're so used to like at school and Mm -hmm. stuff, if a teacher says, can you come up to the board and clean this or can you do whatever? They really find this really confusing the idea that I'm going if an adult stops and is being super nice and super polite and asks you for help with something like an adult will never need your help they can ask another adult and I just don't think this is going in at all I think I think they just think I'm being mad yeah and like like I was trying to say to them one day I was like and what if somebody stops and they're like super nice and like really really friendly and they tell you that they're you know such and such as dad and they ask you if you'll help them and they go mm, well and I'm like no that's exactly what happened with Ted Bundy oh my god I mean, that that's a bit extreme. But I mean, it's true, but it's a bit extreme. You don't need I to know, get into Ted Bundy with them at this age. I think um, 
I think it's hard to explain to kids like how to push back against authority without being rude because like there is still a perception that like kids shouldn't challenge things kids should mm-hmm, do what they're mm-hmm. told etc you know i mean you even got the, the hundred lines when you said to the teacher who was incorrect that's not how you spell lightning <laughs> i hope she listens to this podcast now and feels shame whenever she hears that she doesn't she doesn't she doesn't she was a pain in the arse then and she's a pain in the arse now exactly So I think no to that one, but I think there's, you know, a middle ground of my children could definitely be a little bit less challenging. They're definitely independent spirits and they have their own opinions and I appreciate that. But there are moments, you know what I, you know what I don't like? Because I said so, because I'm the mom. I know. And I found myself saying it the odd time, just when they've said why, and I've told them the why four different times. Mm -hmm. And then I'm like, you know what? Because I said, you know, I'm not explaining it again. Just do it. You know, but then I like, I do hate that because I'm like, that's. They're also human beings and that's a shit reason to give a human being to do anything. You know Why I mean? are you now calling kids human beings? Because that book? No, but what I'm young saying is... human beings. What I'm saying is sometimes I feel like we say things to kids or we think of saying things to kids that we would never say to another adult. Mm-hmm. And so I have to remind myself we're all just human beings. You know what I mean? As yeah, in, yeah. They're also people. And if I wouldn't say that to somebody I'm having like an argument with about parking, like a random stranger, then I shouldn't say to a kid. Well, I just keep thinking I wouldn't talk like this to Rosemary. Therefore, I shouldn't talk like this to the kids because you are my, you're the bottom. Like, you're how low I can go in terms oh, of well, like... I'm glad you, I'm glad you admitted that. No, in terms of like how casual it can get, the how things rude, you can say to each other. How yeah. caustic, <laughs> how, how thoughtless, how inconsiderate. Yeah, well, I get it. Yeah, I just think that's a bad one to say to kids because I'm the mom. It that's is why, just, you know, yeah. so I really, I don't say that. But I, and also, why are you allowed, you know, I, I think having double standards at all is hard. Like, yeah, and it's a pain for us. Like, you can't do half these things until they're out of the room, you know, but that's yeah. life. We have that argument a lot of the time about Diet Coke because I drink a lot of Diet Coke. Brandon drinks maybe like one Diet Coke a day. I'm probably on like two most days now and we don't allow the kids. Well, one of our kids doesn't like fizzy drinks. The other one, if you let him have like, and I didn't really believe in the idea of like fizzy drinks or caffeine basically making people hyper until if he has a fizzy drink with his dinner, like caffeine. So if he has like Dr. Pepper or Diet Coke, he is an absolute maniac and like part of me is like you know what we don't know if it's because of the caffeine or we don't know if it's because his dad has spent his entire life telling him if you have this you will go you will get so hyper yeah but he does right so now we're like no you can't you can't and sometimes i'll let him have something with lunch but i won't let him have it with dinner and then he's like well why are you and i'm like because i can have it and not be a maniac i can have it and still be exhausted i can have it and still be a maniac who goes to bed on time yeah unlike you so thumbs down to that one a thumbs down to that one but i actually think the most important thing in kids is um politeness but also kindness like to approach everything going how can I be as nice and as kind and as positive no no but I mean tell no, everyone I, I understand what you're saying and like it's obviously important to set that expectation but kids think only of themselves I know but you what know? I'm saying is rather than obedience oh yeah so I'm not saying you have to obey everyone but I'm saying you do have to be polite and oh, nice yeah. to everyone okay do you know what I mean which kind of nice. works the same because I'm like even if you're going to say no I'm not going to do that I don't want you to be rude when you say it mm. okay you've obviously read this before because this is basically how you live your life so one of the kids said yesterday he actually got in trouble he got a one day suspension for fighting in school mock fighting he claims that they were playing and I believe you know right I believe that this was his perception right that he says we were playing and then I said something like I'm stronger than you and then my friend got really annoyed and he started punching for real right right? and then anyway I got a phone call no they were both punching etc and I said I said to this child to this child I said to this young human being 
even if somebody says to you, I said, like, you're too old for this, right? You can't be fighting in school. Even play fighting, you just can't. Mm-hmm. Even with your brothers, like, you know, you're, you're getting too old, you're, you're too strong, etc. And I said, so even if somebody says to you in school, come on, let's have a great play fight. Like, let's play fight our heads off. I said, you need to say, no, I'm sorry. I can't, you know, maybe we could do this some other time. This isn't appropriate for school. He goes, so what are you saying, mom? I say, can't right now, but I'll beat you up later. <laughs> I was like, uh, no. As you were saying that, you, I was like, that yeah. is what it sounds like. You have not taken this message <laughs> in the manner in which it was intended. So anyway. Did he win? It wasn't a winning. There was no winning. Like he mm. honestly, I think Egypt was just there like going, what's happening? Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Here's a cool fact a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact you can get short term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Do you remember I was in that fight at school? What? I was in a fight in school. Excuse me? Yeah, with um, somebody. And? Basically, we were outside in the yard and I thought it would be funny to like run up behind her and give her a little shut, like messing, give her a little push. Like, like genuinely, I remember, like she was my friend and I was like, this will be funny. And she came then after me and shoved me and I fell down. And I then got up and started like spitting and hissing like a cat spitting and, and hissing not spitting but you know what I mean I came up like a cat like in a rage oh my god and then she started pulling my hair and I started pulling what? her hair and then I kicked her in the shin and then what? we got yeah then we got brought to the principal's office did you get suspended no I don't think so I think I might have got detention for that as well actually maybe I did get detention for that too a poor tidy young human being in my house got suspended for much less I should I know say, I feel like they're very strict in American schools I should say to him not that this isn't your fault. This is your fault. However, it's clearly something you inherited from your viperous she-devil Aunt Rosemary. Okay, well, listen, just, I would say not to do that. We're saying thumbs down to that one. Two thumbs to, down two to that old, suggestion. Two okay, the last one. Flirting 
is a sign of ill breeding. Oh, I agree. That's why so, I'm not good at it. That's exactly what I said. This is why you've been doing this your whole life, not flirting. <laughs> Says, um, oh, you bitch. No. <laughs> in the chapter on gallantry and coquetry. Oh, I like that. Readers are reminded that there is nothing wrong with a man enjoying the company of a charming woman or a woman delighting in the conversation of a brilliant man. However... These acts of mutual appreciation have nothing in common with the shallow travesty of sentiment that characterizes a pointless flirtation. Travesty of sentiment. I love this. Not use only of is language. flirting a sign of poor breeding, the guide yeah. suggests, but quote, a married flirt is worse than vulgar. <laughs> <laughs> oh. oh, I love this. Do we agree or disagree? I actually love flirting. It's vulgar. I mean, worse than vulgar. What's worse than vulgar? A married flirt. I'm glad you asked. <laughs> um, I'm going to say disagree. Life's too short. You've got to be able to have a flirt. I haven't flirted for about a decade. Nobody to flirt with. I'd say longer than that. I'm sorry. I thought that was the last one, but this is actually the last one. Oh, wait, man- what did you? Thumbs up, thumbs down from you. Thumbs down. I love flirting. Oh, last one. A man couldn't speak to a woman unless she spoke to him first. I'm sorry. Who are you flirting with? Nobody, but I love flirting. I would love to be flirting <laughs> with someone. I'm uh, flirting with <laughs> That's off the record. <laughs> During England's Victorian era in the 19th century, women had the privilege of recognising a gentleman first by acknowledging him with a bow. According to the 1859 British Handbook, The Habits of Good Society, a handbook of etiquette for ladies and gentlemen. Men were expected to wait for that acknowledgement before speaking. Big thumbs up to this. A man couldn't speak to a woman oh, unless yeah. she spoke to him first. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh my God, bring that Back. Oh, you know what? Now, but like when I was younger, I, I would never have spoken to anybody. So nobody would ever have spoken to me. Oh, yeah, I, fair. I, could but I, I give a little head nod just like instead of an actual bow? Could I just be like, I'd be I'd be in a room and I'd be in the bar or whatever, head nodding to everyone. Yeah. So it says basically <laughs> men were expected to wait for the bow, mm-hmm. for the little nod before speaking. What I if think you that's great. But what if you did a little nod and then they didn't speak to or you? Or what if you did a head shake if you didn't, like if you saw a man approach, you could be like... <laughs> Not you. No, don't. Like every time Brandon came home, I'd be like, mm, 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 mm. what if you were just, he- what if you were like nodding and they didn't come near you and like the head shaking was, was all you got? Well, I mean, they're not like wind up dolls because you can't force them to talk to you. I just think that would be a very, between like letting him make all the decisions for me, all my hard decisions, and then him not speaking until I acknowledge him with a bow. That would be a very nice, relaxing life. <laughs> all I need now is the servants to come over for the dinner party. I'm sorry, is this, like, is this bow every time they enter the room or just the very first time you meet them? Because I'd actually like if it was every single time I, I saw them. I think it's every time, because I'm thinking of like Pride and Prejudice, like when they walk into a room, you know what I mean? It would be every time you see them. Yeah, but like what if you're married to this person? Do you have to bow at them before they're allowed to wish you good morning? I'd be like, I'd be embarrassed going withholding this banner they annoyed me I think maybe we should implement some kind of red light green light situation where you could just hold a little like a lollipop with red on one side and green on the other and when you're in the mood to talk or for them to talk you could go green and then halfway through their sentence you could go ah, I've changed my mind red honestly I'd only need a red lollipop <laughs> <laughs> thank you all so much for listening to Not Without My Sister we'd love to know are there any rules of etiquette from days of yore that you wish they'd bring back I've lost count though. Where did we land? Etiquette yes or etiquette no? I think we were three yes, two no or three yes, three no. I think we might be completely split down the middle. Yeah, split down the middle. I think in general, like yes to good manners and like niceness, but also yes to putting your elbows on the table. So I'm not sure where that leaves me. I don't agree with elbows on the table, but mainly because it then produces like slumped shoulders and head head mans. 
But you know what? Maybe that's where I've yes gone wrong. Yes to less judgment. Maybe like yes to not judging people if they don't have great manners apart from making me look at what they're eating. I was just about to say, what if somebody's sitting across from you? Apart from that. Eating with their mouth open. Apart from that. Thanks for listening. Bye. Bye. Not Without My Sister is recorded in studio in Fort Wayne by Don Kirkland, who also wrote our theme tune, and the original illustration is by Lindsay Nielsen. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello? Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowl and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowl and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at bowlandbranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 